Well, in seminary, we used to be taught in our preaching class that uh, the best sermon was between 15 and 20 minutes long. I flunked that class. Uh, That's the only class in seminary I didn't do well in. But uh, for today's purposes, I want to share with you. I thought as we were worshiping and the kids did such an amazing job. Well, we're running out of time. I thought, well, maybe I'll just skip this message. You know what? We're going to take a few moments and lay out uh, the series today. And I just felt compelled by God to uh, bring this word as brief as it is. Uh, to you today. So I trust that you're with me in that and that uh, God will minister to you heart to your heart through this word. David Platt is the author of Radical. We're reading that book in our staff meeting, tells the story of one of his early seminary experiences. He'd gone to New Orleans uh, Southern Baptist Seminary to prepare for ministry, but also he was uh, in very intent on sitting under the teaching of the renowned professor Dr. Jim Shaddix. The first time he heard Dr. Shaddix preach, he heard these words. Tonight, my goal is to talk you out of following Jesus. Now, the crowd, when they heard that word, was pretty amazed because you're talking about a Christian seminary, very well-known Christian seminary in the South, and for a professor to stand up and say, tonight, my goal is to talk you out of following Jesus. Well, they were pretty stunned by that. But then a pastor or a Reverend Shaddix went into his message and he preached from the text in Luke chapter nine. Uh, this text is not for the faint of heart. This is not for those who uh, want to dabble in Christianity. This is not for someone who wants to uh, have one foot in the world and one foot in Christianity. And here is the word of God from Luke chapter nine. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. (laughs) Now, if that's not enough, (laughs) still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. That passage separates the goats from the sheep. That passage says that if you want to follow Jesus, it's not about um, all flowers and rosebuds. If you want to follow Christ, there's something very serious going on. There's a serious commitment. There's something to stand up and say, you know what? I desire to follow Christ no matter what the cost. Three men he encountered. The first said, I will follow you wherever you go. He was pretty passionate to Jesus, he was definitely heartfelt. I mean, can you imagine coming to Jesus and saying, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And then here's what Jesus said to, you, said to him. Well, if you do that, uh, you'll probably end up being homeless. Well, that's not very fun. <laughs> you mean if I follow you, Jesus, I'll, I'll probably end up being homeless? He said there's a good chance that that could happen, yes. Well, and that wasn't enough. So to another man, Jesus said, follow me. Now, all of us have at different times in our life, we've heard Jesus say, follow me. And we've said, yes. 
But this man said, follow me. And Jesus said, or Jesus said, follow me. And he said, well, first let me go bury my father. Very reasonable request. I mean, all of us would say the same thing. And, and to that, Jesus said, well, let the dead bury the dead. And we're thinking, who is this guy? And then a third man said, let me follow you. Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to give you my heart, my life. I want to give you everything. But first, let me go and say goodbye to my family. He said, no. <laughs> no, you're not going to go say goodbye to your family. If you're going to follow me, you're going to follow me completely, and you're going to follow me now. Now, that is your invitation, Hope Covenant Church, for the next seven weeks. I'm going to try and talk you out of following Jesus. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're saying, Pastor, you've already made a pretty good point. <laughs> In fact, several people have gotten up and left church already. No, I think they just went to the bathroom. Um, you see, when Jesus calls us to a life, he calls us to a life that is not easy. It is not pain-free. It is not a life filled with promises of prosperity, success, well-behaved children, good health, and good fortune. There is not a promise to that in Scripture. In fact, when you're called to Jesus, it is hard. You may become homeless. You may be told, let somebody else bury your father. You may be told, no, don't even say goodbye to your parents. Go go against the entire world system. Do everything the opposite of what you've always believed. And then come and follow me. That's Jesus' message to you. Now, if this is your first time at Hope Covenant Church, welcome. (laughs) Welcome. I'm I'm sure you're glad that you came today. uh, this is not a normal kind of a message, but it's a message from the heart of God. Now, these stories in Luke 9 speak to me, uh, to, to one really incontrovertible truth, and it's this. And look at the screen, look in your sermon notes. A relationship with Jesus, please hear this, requires total, superior, and exclusive devotion. Nothing less is acceptable. Now, I know people that have been going to church all of their lives and they've never gotten this idea. They like to have kind of one foot in the world, one foot in Christianity. Go to church on Sunday, get filled up, feel pretty good about yourself, and then go and live like the devil the rest of the week. I've known people like that. I have lived like that. Remember in Jerry Maguire when Renee Zellweger said to Tom Cruise, you had me at hello? (laughs) Well, when Jesus comes along... And you hear what he has to say. Uh, what you really tend to believe is, well, you just lost me at hello. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Jesus? Are you kidding me? You want me to give up everything, including my, my parents and my children? You want me to give up You want to give up my house and my car? Are you kidding me? And then Jesus continues as if that's not enough. And he says in Luke 14, 27, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Oh, there you go. In other words, hey, man, pick up an instrument of torture and come and follow me. Doesn't that sound like fun? It's kind of weird, if you ask me. It's kind of creepy. It's kind of uh, preachy. Now, now, you preach this message at a mega church, and that church becomes a mini church overnight. Now, in the next several weeks, I would like to tell you from Jesus' own words. Now, this is not somebody else talking about him, but from Jesus' own words and his actions, why you should not follow Jesus. Because if you do, please hear this. If you do, it will take an unconditional, unqualified, 100% leave nothing behind commitment 
to Jesus Christ. He requires everything. So many times you hear in a church, well, all you have to do is say a little prayer. Uh, God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and everything will be wonderful and rosy. That's not the gospel. The gospel is I bid you come and die. I bid your old life to come and die. After the service today, we got three of our teenagers who are going to be baptized. Right out in the pool. And we want you all to stay and watch that. After the second service, we have another 13 people, adults and teenagers, that will be baptized. Here's what each and every one of them are going to say by that act of baptism. I am dying to my old life. I am dying to my sin. And I don't care who knows it. I don't care who knows it. I'll shout it from the mountaintops. I don't care who knows it. Now you say, well, Jesus, I thought he was all warm and fuzzy. Well, there were times he was, but mostly Jesus was in your face. You've got to make up your mind what you're going to do with me, because what you do with me is going to determine whether or not you live for the rest of your life with happiness and joy and purpose, and whether or not you live for all eternity with me. It's up to you. In fact, in John 6.66, after Jesus preached a particularly difficult message for people to hear, it says in, the, in John 6.66, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Did you know that was in the Bible? Many of his disciples, John 6.66, look it up. Many of his disciples no longer determined to follow Jesus. This morning, I just want to, just for a moment, share with you the first reason why you should not follow Jesus. And here's the reason. He's just too doggone exclusive. He's just too exclusive. He says you've got to do it my way or the highway. He says you've got to do it the way I believe and the way I live, or it doesn't work at all. You'll spend eternity away from God in what he called hell. Now that's pretty exclusive. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus explains how difficult it's going to be to follow him. Now the Sermon on the Mount is a great passage because it talks about all those who are invited to the kingdom. And the ones that are invited to the kingdom are the ones like Hope Covenant Church. These are the people that are kind of hopeless and broken and sinful. And they're not all, uh, all, the, all the great people in the world. They're just normal people who are struggling. And, and those are the ones who were invited to the kingdom. But not everybody was invited. In fact, listen to Matthew seven thirteen and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, Jesus said. This is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. This is great. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many who enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. The gate is narrow. It is exclusive. Choose, choose widely whether or not you're going to follow me, Jesus said, because the gate is narrow. Now, we love the wide gate. I love the wide gate. You love the wide gate. I mean, we do. Especially humanity loves the wide gate because the wide gate is for those who want to keep their, their options open. Play both sides. Not commit to any definable set of beliefs. Not adhere to any absolute truths. Jesus said that wide way leads to nowhere. Really, it leads away from God, which is destruction. Those that want to wallow in indecision, those that want to do it the way the world has said, this is the way you do it, you know, money, sex, and power, this is the way you... That's the wide gate, and if that's what you want, it's wide and it's easy, and go for it. Many years ago, uh, the famous actor W.C. Fields, who was a notorious sinner, Somebody caught him in his dressing room reading his Bible. 
And when they said, what are you doing reading the Bible? He said, I'm just looking for loopholes. You know, that's people that like the wide way. Looking for loopholes. How much sin can I sin and still get away with it? What if I walk on the edge and still, am I still in the group? And, and those kind of, that's the wide way. And Jesus said, that's not for me. I mean, that's the status quo. That's the SOP, you know, the standard uh, operation, operating procedure. It's all of the, the world has to say, but it's not for me. Jesus said it differently. If you want to experience kingdom living, the way is narrow. There's one way. Talk about exclusive. The sheep did not go through a wide gate. They went through a narrow gate. One sheep at a time. There's a definable set of beliefs, Jesus said. This isn't my word. This is Jesus' word. If it was my word, I wouldn't be so hard on you. But Jesus said, it's a definable set of beliefs. You can't just believe anything you want to believe. The kingdom is wide open to all. But there's only one access point. And that one access point is narrow. And that one access point is Jesus and Jesus alone. No one else. And that was consistent with Jesus' teaching for the next three years. John 10, 9. I am the door, Jesus said. He didn't say, I'm one of many doors. That's what the Baha'i faith says. I am the door. Very exclusive. Jesus said in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I am the way, truth, and life. There's no other options. Well, I can get to God just by sitting on a rock. Well, good for you. But Jesus said, I'm the only way. The only access point to God is Jesus. There's no others. There's no other options. No other religions. That's it. It's exclusive. Acts 4.12 There is salvation through no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Now this squares with all of the teaching of the New Testament. And there is nothing, please hear this, there is nothing ambiguous about Jesus' teaching. There is no wiggle room. There is no um, op- other options. There is no wider th- way of thinking or broader perspective. Jesus said in 1 Timothy 2.5, or Paul said in this, For there is one way, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. The friends, the Bible could not be clearer on this point. All roads do not lead to God. There is one road, one way, one gate, one door. Now, if you're like me, you're thinking, how in the world did I get stuck in this thing? I mean, I've, I've believed all my life that if I just love Jesus, that everything is going to be wonderful. But one of the kids said in their testimonies, they said, life did, I think it was Bailey, life doesn't get hard until you come to Christ. Then, now you're talking hard. Because you're swimming upstream for the rest of your life. And God bless the kids that do that. All roads do not lead to God. Well, how do you feel about communicating this message to your friends? (laughs) In this tolerant, permissive society that says everything goes. In fact, this new generation, the 20-somethings, They believe that all options are open. And Jesus comes along and says, no, no, no. The door is very narrow. There's one way. How would that message be received on your college campus? How do you feel about sharing that narrow gate concept with a Muslim neighbor? Or an agnostic co-worker? Or a moderately religious, God-loves-everybody-believing friends and relatives, which we all have a lot of? I feel a little weird 
a little self-conscious, a little narrow? Well, it is. I, I, um, th- there, there's this place in uh, San Diego. It's called um, Barrett Junction. It's in the boondocks. We lived in the East County. And uh, out in a place called Hamul uh, is this little pl- restaurant way out in the boondocks called Barrett Junction. And Barrett Junction has the best fish and chips in all of San Diego. And, uh, but there's only one way to get there. You have to go over this dirt road, over this bridge, around a mountain, and then you get to Barrett Junction. There's no other ways in unless you parachute in. There's just no other way to get there. And so when somebody asked me which are the best fish and chips in town, I said, Barrett Junction is the best. Well, how do you get there? I tell them, you go over the dirt road, over the bridge, around the mountain, another dirt road, and you get there. Well, I don't want to go that way. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, uh, then go to, go to Long John Silver's. Okay. <laughs> Because <laughs> if you don't want to go that way, I understand that, and I totally respect that, right? I totally respect that. But if you want to get to Barrett Junction, that's the only way. It's your only option. I'm not, I'm not fooling you. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be narrow. I'm just telling you the truth. There's only one way to get there, and that's what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Christianity exclusive? Absolutely. The way is narrow? Yes. The life that God calls us to is difficult without question. And the question for me is this. Not why did God provide such a narrow way, but here's my question. Why did God provide a way at all? Because the Bible says the wages of sin, and we've all sinned, is death. The Bible says clearly that not one of us has a righteous motive in our bones. Not one of us did the right thing from the time we were born. Not one of us deserved God's love. My question is not, why such a narrow way? But God, thank you that you provided a way. And here's the news. I'm going to close with this. Jesus is exclusive when it comes to how you find God. And there's only one way. And the road is, the door is very narrow. But here's the good news. In his exclusive belief, God says, everyone can come into my kingdom. Everyone. One at a time. Doors very narrow. So even though the way is exclusive, anybody can come in. He's very inclusive. Whosoever will may come. That's what the Bible says about Jesus. You know how I, I say that instead? Yousoever will may come. Whosoever. Whosoever is not just some random person. It's you. You. Yes, the, the door is narrow. Yes, the gate is very narrow. But God says, you are welcome to come to my party. You are welcome to come into my kingdom. Would you bow your heads? Father.